Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Right, fella, are you ready to rock? Have you finished your pee-pee now? I just heard the toilet flush. Finished my wee-wee's, and the thing is, I like to wash my hands with the microphone tucked under my armpit so I could still speak to you on my headphone in and my laptop rested on top of the toilet while I wash my hands. Mm. Well, come on, send it home. Send it home, Wally. Here we go. Here we go, okay? Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 306 of the Flats and Shanks podcast. I'm Flats. He is... Shanks. I think it might be your favourite number episode. Go on. Ah. Swass on nerve. Hey, you horrible, you horrible brute. <laughs> I think you it horrible is. horrible brute. Is it really? Yeah. Mine's 007. It always has been. <laughs> Don't clone but, my card, please. But this is... <laughs> But this is, um, yeah, don't steal my suitcase. Well, it must be more than 69. We must have done hundreds by now. Of this series. Oh, right. It's been a long have... year, boy. It's been a long year. Fellow has, not I it? think we were boshing out two a week at one stage because we were that bored during lockdown. Yeah. Ringing everyone. Christ. That stopped, hasn't it? Christ. No one yeah, picks Christ. up anymore. No, God, no. We uh, And also, we don't ring them. Where's Foxy when you need him? Yeah, exactly. He's in Scotland, mate. I'm seeing Bloody Foxy on Thursday. Letting men punch women in a controlled <laughs> environment. <laughs> have you what? seen Have you seen a League of Their Own road trip where they go to Scotland? No. Oh, it's brilliant. They take them for a little crash course, yeah. And they're trying to do like a covert operation. So like Romesh and Freddie and all. Yeah, Jack. Yeah. Um, they've got to camouflage themselves and there's a guy, a sniper rifle um with paintballs trying to pick them off <laughs> and it's just brilliant it's just that they hit one of the guys because they see him and fox like go on hit him again <laughs> go on give it another go hit him again <laughs> shoot anything jack jack white all on the floor with a massive sniper rifle fires paintballs 
and excruciating as well. It's just great TV content, mate. Were you, I don't know if you were there in time, but were you at Sarries for Kieran Bracken's stag do to Brighton? Oh, yeah, I went, mate. I went. Um, didn't get invited to the wedding, which is fine, because I didn't really want to go anyway. Weddings aren't for me. Well, they weren't back then, because yeah, I didn't have a girlfriend until yeah. I was 25, so I thought I was going to live a single life forever. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I suppose then I got 50 caps and it was easy. <laughs> <laughs> Batting them away. But remember paintballing with Brax. An Audi TT and cleaned up. Uh, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Took your dustpan and brush in the boot just in 3. case. 3.2 automatic. What? What a car. Um, love it. Yeah, so go on. Yeah, I was at, I was at Brax's. Remember paintballing him and we got him and he was like, he got hit so many times that in the middle that cause it was basically everyone has to catch him. Yeah. And he got hit so many times that he basically just gave up and just wilted and dropped on the spot mm. and thought everyone had stopped and everyone just emptied their cartridges on him. It was brutal. Do you remember his head, yeah. his face, his whole body and legs? He was covered, mate. It was so bad. I don't think... Well, maybe. I was going to say, I don't think I'll ever go paintballing and carting again because uh, all my mates are married. But well, Hang on. Yeah, I know. Hang on, fella. Mm. Do you know I don't you, know. You know I don't got, know if I'd have another stag do. <laughs> you don't get a choice, mate. That's true. Yeah. You know uh, when you go paintballing, I try, you're split into teams basically, aren't you? And I don't think there's anything funnier than hitting one of your own when they're in front trying to no, hide. No, it's the best, isn't it? That's why I'd be crap at Call of Duty because I'd be shooting my mates. <laughs> it's just because they don't expect it, do they? Cause I remember doing it to the Ben Evans. I've probably talked about this before. It's <laughs> just the funniest thing ever. He didn't know where it was coming from. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there we go. All right. Um, I have to tell you this, mate. Okay. Uh, have you watched Time on BBC? Right. Let me, but I'm, I'm not going to do that thing where I say bad things, right? The answer is yes, but I want to quickly tell you something quick about it. Mm-hmm. Which is good. I know you. I know you want to tell us what you think, but I thought, what's that? That looks all right. Two nights ago, press play on episode one, and I, I thought, oh, it's got those two in it. Awesome, Stephen Graham, Sean Bean, brilliant. I've seen that Scouse act to the horrible bloke in a couple of things before. He's really good. I was like, oh, this is great. This is grim and bleak, but it's oh, great. Oh, and I was like, oh, it must be some old thing because it almost feels like this is ten years old or fifteen years old. This series, but it's new. Oh my god! And it's only seen one, but wow, it's good. Well, let me shock you, mate. They're all available on BBC iPlayer. I know, boy. I haven't had time. I watched the other two yesterday, and brilliant, brilliantly written, filmed, casted. Uh, very emotional watch. It's yeah. It's one of the. Does best it get better? Things. Two and three as well. It's one of the best things I've watched this year. <gasps> Tommy, I know. Well, well, within the last 24 months, I would say, <gasps> I liked it that much. And Tommy. it's different to what you're normally watching, you know, just the way it's written. Yeah. Uh, but I thought I couldn't find any faults with it. And I know you will. I know will. you will. You'll see a bit of branded and say, well, you know, how can a prison guard wear a Ralph Lauren jersey when he's on? Minimum wage. I don't know. You know that that's the type of guy you are. You know, you'll. I think. I think they get paid a lot more than minimum wage. Those guys. Yeah, they do. I think. I got a mate. I think it's about thirty grand. I got a mate from home who's one of those, and he's. I think he's on a decent old screw. According to um, 
according to the film, all right, uh, yeah. their series. Your mate Jim Walker was one of those. I think they do all right. Um, a couple of things were brilliant in it, like Sean Bean, what an actor. What an actor, Christ. What an actor. I remember seeing him in Sharp. Remember that? That was the original. Yeah. Um, Never watched but, it. And also Stephen Graham. He's actually tiny. When he walks up to that wardrobe? Yeah. I was like, whoa. Yeah. But he is... Someone put on Twitter, does Stephen Graham ever have an off day? Is he ever any? Is he never? Is he ever not good? You're like, no, he's he's amazing every single time. Mm. There was that thing I watched. Was it the Pembrokeshire Murders where he was Taff or something, and he was doing a Welsh accent, and you think well, that's yeah. that's quite tough for actors. The accents thing, I really think that. But he I is remember, amazing. I remember seeing him at a golf day, actually. At, uh, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, that he's, he's tiny, like because he because it's him. I had to go up and say like hello and like sort of love watching him, and he said, he told me he's not happy. So which of the seven dwarves are you then, mate? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Just trying to think of short jokes, mate. I know you were a fella. I, know. I wondered at the start. And yeah. I was hammering this a bit. You are done, boy. I know. <laughs> That's good. Know. That's good. Good for but you, he was staying at the He was staying at the, the hotel anyway. Went back Do you know what I was thinking as I was watching Sean B? Sink. Yeah, go on. I'm still going. <laughs> still going. <laughs> um, uh, I, was I was watching Sean Bean. I was thinking like, he underacts, doesn't he? Like he's so. Yeah. I was thinking, like, because I just got back from doing the highlight show with Durders, right? And we'll talk about it in a minute. But there's this end, the end to the Leicester Bristol game. Talk about it now. You don't have to talk about the game. Talk about it now. Get off your chest. Okay. Well, no. The, the end of the Leicester Bristol game was controversial, mm. and there was loads to talk about. And he's Durders said, right, we need to nail what we're going to say and all that sort of stuff. And I said, oh, I'll be fine. Just ask what you want, and I'll answer it. He's like, okay, so he just goes and he's written a script, but I, you know, I obviously don't read his script because they're gibberish. And um, probably punctuation quill not good as enough. well, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. It, yeah. And um, so anyway, he says, right, go. And we basically have about two minutes and twenty seconds, or two minutes and thirty seconds at a push, including his in and out, which which is long. Long and it has to be because he's introduced the next game, list of commentators, ramifications of the games because the league's closing in. So how it works out is I've got probably less than a minute to actually explain it all. And it's like, right, we can't get this down below seven at the moment, minutes <laughs> or four or six minutes. And it's like, right, this is, we need to just basically, there's some stuff you've got to make a decision. You've got to cut it out. That's that. Yep. So, but we're kind of going for it and I'm speaking as quick as I can. I'm like one of those rappers like speed rappers. Yeah. In the end, I'm like, I finish it, and we're like, and that was yeah, off to the AJ Bell, and I'm like, <laughs> properly like, like here we go again with the beats. Got your head, Bob and I jump from your seats. So this is what you want in over there. Throw your hands a bit in the air because you know you're bringing the sound so unique. Everybody's moving, everybody's grooving. Get now with five of them coming your way. Move it to the left, now you shake it to the right because you know you got to keep this party pumping. You're not check it out. You're some sick fight like that. Was it? Yeah, just like that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I know that. You know all that crap stuff. You know, like you, uh, yeah. five aren't crap, mate. No, no, you know random. Change the music industry, those boys. Oh, I just said, you know all that crap stuff. My Apple Watch said to me, that's not nice. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, so shall we have the... But my point is, no, my point is, sorry. All my right, point is, I then come home and watch that and I'm like, oh, he's got so much time to just wait. You can imagine the producers or directors or whatever who are like, right, we actually need to make sure this fits into three one-hour slots. You can imagine them thinking, Shawnee, hurry up, mate. Cause some of his answers are like... Uh, mm. okay, okay. And you're like, 
it's so he's so slow in one sense, but he's brilliant, man. Yeah. Oh. Yes. Anyway, it reminded me of how rushed I'd been that day. That's the point. So, shall we have the Blade Runner uncut, Aliens uncut version? Do you want to give us seven minute? Um, oh, and I'll do I'll do abs while you do seven minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing six minute abs now. Um, I'm doing no minute abs. Let's, uh, just, let's just go on. It's the biggest talking point. Basically, Tommy, the there's loads of stuff going on from that game, but basically, there were a couple of pens leading up to. Or Bristol defending their line, Leicester three points behind. Mm. First half wasn't actually very good. I don't care what anyone says. The second half fast was. Fast forward, mate. Let's fast forward to it. Yeah, and um, Leicester are going for the win at home. Big win it would have been and all that stuff. And a couple of penalties. Then there's a scrum to Leicester. So Leicester have been dominating the scrum since John Arfoa was tactically substituted at half-time. Yes. Now, he might have been substituted to preserve him for the later games, but he was not brought off injured. There is a difference. So Big he's time. he's old and he's amazing, but he wasn't injured, right? So <clears throat> um, they bring up. So basically, there is lots of fans have gone mad and say, why wasn't it a penalty try? I think one or two Leicester players may have been very very upset after the final whistle because it hadn't been a penalty try. However, I think what I'm about to say is right, um, and I said it on telly and then checked it with a ref. And it turns out I am right, according to a ref that does a lot of Premiership games. Um, and so this once once the you got a couple, conceded a couple of penalties on your line, then you get a, then you then there's a scrum to the opposition. The penalty the scrum is kind of treated as a separate entity, so you don't necessarily start from scratch on zero pens, but you kind of start from scratch on zero pens, right? Uh-huh. Um, if it hasn't been a ridiculous number beforehand, so. Loose head penalty against Jake Woolmore. Another loose head penalty against Jake Woolmore for Bristol. He then gets put on a personal warning. So if he does anything else, he's going off. If he gets pinged again. Third penalty is against Tetaz Shaparo, the Argentinian. That is his first penalty he's conceded, but it puts Bristol on a team warning. So that is personal warning, team warning. Fourth penalty, Bristol player sent to the bin, Tetaz Shaparo. So that, I think, is legitimate scrum refereeing. Now... For all the Leicester fans that are irate, and some of them have said John Arfoa worked an angle, he shoved early. Okay, I would argue that one of those penalties, if you go back and look at it, against Jake Woolmore, if you, I said it on telly, on Channel 5, if you watch Joe Hayes, the Leicester tighthead, where he ends up after that dominant scrum, he works such an angle that he ends up going almost in front of Ellis Genge, his own loose head. He, he cuts, we call it cutting the throat. He goes right across the scrum, Cuts the hooker's throat, we used to call it, almost with his head. And the angle, for me, is like, well, he could easily have been penalised there, easily. So it's not as cut and dry as all that. Anyway, then there's the, in not in any order, but Andy Urin, did he go and take the ball out early? I expect Jasper Visa would have got his foot back around it and controlled it. However, at that point, he hadn't yet done that. I think it's so tight, but I reckon he gets away with it. And I think if you're a Leicester fan and Wigglesworth or Youngs does that, you're happy with it, if you're honest. I think that is so tight. Um, but what ultimately happens is Leicester's super strength, their scrum in the game, because they're battering Sh- Teta Shaparo since he came on. Bat- Genji battered him. So he's just crumbling, the Argentinian. He might have 62 caps, but I'm afraid he's not quite up to it at premiership level um, at the moment. He's getting chewed up. So... They have a yellow card. They then 
have an opportunity in Pat Lamb's mind. This is what I think. So if I'm wrong, fine. They have an op- Pat Lamb sees an opportunity to take away Leicester's super strength that is about to win them the game by taking away their scrum, making it uncontested. He comes down and says, John Arfo is injured. And they say, hang on, which he shouldn't be doing, I don't think. So I think it should be the team manager who registers, signs the cards or whatever. He then claims Arfo is injured. This is my opinion. I think he is making it up in order to keep Arfoa off. Borthwick calls him out and calls Arfoa out. I think Wigglesworth came over as well and gave a bit as well. Hence the little nudge at the end that started the fight, I think. Um, Wigglesworth not known to be backwards in coming forwards. And um, and that's what I think happens. And it, it's all this negotiations going on. And the ref reminds Pat Lamb, you do realise if the scrum goes uncontested, you lose another player. So you lose, you'll go down to 13. So yes, and you have to have eight in the scrum. So it'll be seven against five in the back line and you're three points down, it's the last play. Three points up and it's the last play. So one of two things happens. Either Pat Lamb says, okay, fine, 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 John, you can go on. Or what I think happens is John Arfoa has basically, he's sitting there and you've played in games, boy, where this has happened. Wales did it against Georgia, mate. But I played in games for years and I'm not going to, be horrible and name names but especially against wasps in the era where they were winning a lot they did this all the time one of the main reasons two props on the bench is now a thing because they were constantly doing it um i literally watched my mate who played for wasps someone have a word in his ear and say you need to come off injured go down injured you're coming off we're going to make the scrums uncontested and him saying no i can't do it i can't do it and them saying get off you've been told you've got to do it now and he looked at me basically was like sorry mate Walked off, scrums uncontested. We then couldn't bash him in the scrums in the semi-final of the Premiership, right? Missed missed out. So that's when the rules changed, right? So they were doing it all the time. I think John Arfoa is sitting there thinking, I can't I can't have this. I will always know, they will always know that I faked it to take away Genji's power or something. So he just stands up as a glass of water, as a drink of water, then says to Steve Borthwick, Borthwick was saying, well done, well done, well done for lying and cheating is what Borthers were saying I think and then John Arfoa says to him well you won't be saying well done when I get the penalty have you seen that thug life thing that's going around loved it brilliant man brilliant so John Arfoa just walks on they're still arguing mind and John said you know what fuck this I'm on gumshield out the sock wanders in does the job he's the goat he's the king I think he saves Pat Lamb actually is what I think not that Pat Lamb would have been sacked or sent to prison but I think he saves his bacon in a PR sense, because I think we saw cracks there. Mm. They're a great team. They clearly have a great time. They're lovely to watch. Pat Lamb does an amazing job as director of rugby or head coach there, whichever one he is, but geez, he's doing a good job. That, for me, this is the key thing. Two key things. Both has called him out. John Arfoa couldn't cope with pretending he was injured when he wasn't because he's not that sort of bloke. He's a warrior. He might have all the silky skills and the chat and all that. He's a warrior above all else. Also, that would never, ever happen to Rob Baxter, ever. Mm. Done. I'm not sure how long that was. 20 minutes. But thorough. Very good. All right. Yeah. I loved you, it when I was commentating, mate. I love all that. you're a pundit. Yeah, but pundits have to say it quick. <laughs> the fight at the end, it's funny that Durders was like, oh, it's one of I the ugliest ends to a game. It's nothing, mate. Oh, it's, Gen- Genji it? shoves, Genji and Nathan Hughes shove each other into... They bash into the cameraman, I think, which makes it look worse. Yeah, It's just John Arfoa says to Wiggy, have some of that, gives him a nudge, 
Just a nudge, like a little chest or a shoulder. Yep. Wiggy throws him on the floor, judo chop. Well done. Big pile on. No one's hitting anyone. And I was like, I, I said to Durders, even live on telly, I said, I quite like it. Mm. I don't mind that. So, to anyway. conclude, Pat Lamb's tried to work the system. Yep. Hasn't worked. I think. Been called out. And uh, who was the ref? Was it Tempest? Yeah. Was he giving him too many options, basically? Nope. No, no, no. no. Ian Tempest, I've gone back and looked, and I've also spoken to Barnsley at Wayne Barnes about it. Ian Tempest handled that so well. Yeah. Because he's like, no, 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 no. And Pat Lamb, what I thought was really shoddy, was Pat Lamb saying, if he gets injured, it's on you. Yeah. The ref. The oh, ref's yeah. like, no, 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 no. You've written him down as tactical. Mm. That's you. It's not me. So I, I I thought that was shoddy. And I Ian Tempest put the pressure back onto Bristol, which is where it should be. It's not the ref's but decision. If I, I, what I would have liked is if Pat Lamb said he was injured, Ian Tempest said, right, that's fine. Let's go. And then told him last minute, right, one off, one on. You told me yeah. he's injured now. You told me he's injured. I'm taking your word for it. That's it. Yeah. But uh, also what, what no one else mentioned was that Bristol have Jan Thomas, who was also tactically removed, I believe, who started at Loosehead, who has played tight head for Bristol. Yeah. In the first team, so they had another option, which no one and no, no no one mentioned that. But it's like, well, if John can't come on, there is another one, you know. And it's like nobody nobody seemed to mention that. But, but it was drama. It's what we want. Not always. Nobody was turning off, were they? No, not at all. Whilst the game I did at the weekend, Blue Zebra, talk to me. I think there could have been a few people turning off. Do you know oh, how long God. the second half took? No, sixty-seven minutes. Captain's challenges. 21 of those minutes, I, I believe, was spoken by Ian Davis, uh, the TMO. Oh, Captain's mate. challenge, mate. Horrific. I feel absolutely, sorry for the TMO, fella. Yeah, absolutely horrific. Because the amount of time it takes to troll through or troll backwards, um, trying to find... Scroll, the, not troll. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're all knobs. <laughs> You're a knob. <laughs> Scroll. <laughs> through uh, backwards to find out where the incident happened what occurred to go through it it takes so much time and then you've got like you've basically got 30 referees on the field then 31 yeah just trying to find anything that's the matter with it you know and you can only go back for foul play so obstruction you can't go back you know it's knock ons it's got to be foul play and the boys are just it's gone bizarre bearing in mind right this game had nothing no bearing on it you know, neither team uh, were going to qualify at top of the Rainbow Cup. You know, it was a dead rubber game. And he thought, you're going to get an open game, you're going to get a fast game. Not at all. Not at all. I think, I think both teams desperately wanted to win so they can enjoy their Super Sunday, you know, a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. Zebra gave away like 20 plus penalties, three yellow cards, one red card. It was appalling, mate. It was amateurs, like proper amateur hour. Oh. You know, if you search, if you search amateurs on the internet, um, well, no, you won't get that. Ten down, you're gonna get zebra. <laughs> you won't get that. <laughs> <laughs> My favourite. Um, is that what you search? Is it? Yeah. But sorry, no. by the end, like because if you have a if you have a captain's challenge, right? If it's unsuccessful, it's gone. And yeah. by the end, Ian Davis said um, to Ben Blaine, the ref, he said, "Ben, both captain challenges uh, are now finished. Thank God." <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty, brilliant. It was, uh, but. It was so such a poor game. Like it just oh, kills no. games. What 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 do we want to see? Like, do you know, it annoys me sometimes when you see, especially early on in games, teams just plodding to the line out. Like, 
what team really wants to play slow? No one. You want to see energy. You want to see yeah. scrums reset quickly. You want to see tempo at lineouts. Like, it was appalling. And part of me thinks Zebra were that bad. You know, they dragged the Blues down to that level a little bit. And that does happen when you play poor teams. Sometimes yeah, it, it happens. Other other teams just put them to bed and kill them. But Michael Bradley, the Zebra coach, was appalled as well with was captain's he? challenge. Yeah, you know it's it's no good. But I, I can see. I'm, I'm glad you know we've tried it. I trialed it because now we know. Now we know how bad it is, and never to use it again. You know some of the rules I like. You know the. Uh, touch the ball down over the try line. You know, it's a drop out twenty two. Quite like that. Um, becomes a bit like rugby league. Just get your big ball carries on the halfway line, catch the ball, and then just track it up. Here we go, Adrian Morley. Josh Turnbull's good, mate, and he's in the Welsh squad uh, for the summer test, which is yeah. I'm glad he's in. I like really him. good, mate. He's been so good the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, and Ashidi and Yo and Lloyd, the two tens. Yep. I couldn't see any. Oh no, Jared Evans. Jared Evans. Yep. Um, Yon, what Yon, Yon Lloyd sorry, be in as? Yon Lloyd is, I think he's cover 15 and 10. You know, he's you utility know and you can have him, he can come on on the wing, he can come on at 15, he can come on at 10. So being versatile like that is massive for Ben People spot. say it didn't help James Hook, but he did get 80 caps. Yeah, he did. He did. So he went all right in the end. Um, ben Thomas is in as well. Yeah, happy he's, with that. He's been playing well. Defensively, needs a bit of work. Like, to play 12... You have to hit hard. You have to be good in the contact. You have to be able to have the ability to slow ball down. But 12s nowadays, a lot more is expected from him. Because if you think like 15 years ago, a 12... You know, Kevin Max boy. Yeah, their job was to, to give you gain line, was to hit angles, was to set up first phase for you um, over the gain line. Yeah. Which is still true now, but you expect a lot more from now because more moves are run off 12, a little bit wider out because it's a lot easier to get around defences and a lot easier to isolate wingers who are a little bit further back in the defensive line than your 13. So you play around that. Um, but you have to have the ability now of taking it flat, putting blind passes, being a distributor, and he's really good at that. Yeah. But, uh, you know, 50% of the game is that. The other 50% is... Is defensive as well, so um, not the finished article, but deserves his spot. Tame Basham, back row at um, great name, yeah, at the Dragons, he's in. Roger yeah. Williams, nine at Dragons, he's in. Been playing some some good rugby for them, captains them. So John Fox, leading skipper, living mm. out. That's nice for him. Yeah, it's good. It is. You know, he's not made the Lions tour, so next best thing, you can be captain. And always have that captain, to your name. Bloody Wales captain. Mm. I wonder Go how on. long he's going to stay in there. Mate, horrible news for Andrew Porter. Oh, isn't it awful? Mm. I mean, obviously we're pleased for Carl Sinclair, but that is the first thing I think is poor Andrew Porter there. Yeah. And you think of all the players um, that have been selected and missed out, you know, especially never never done it before. You know, so... Was your first or second? Tomas O'Leary. Second it was. Tomas O'Leary. Alan Quinlan. You know, there's there's been a few, hasn't yeah. there, leading up to him. Uh, Will Greenwood, saw Will Greenwood yesterday, and he was talking about Peter Cloacy. Yeah. So they went to Weybridge for a pre, pre, pre to a training camp. Pulled his hammy. Mm. That was it. Balsh never left. It never left Weybridge. Balsh did it in two thousand and five. He was selected, and oh yeah, injured, couldn't go. Love him. He's never he's never got over it, is he? Nah, 
Not such cool. an intense bloke. I reckon that's why. Um, um, yeah. What, 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 what else the frig happened? Well, Quinn sent uh, half a second team to sail. Yeah, that's the way it goes. Have you seen the South African squad, speaking of sail? I don't know why that. Yeah. my memory. <laughs> um, someone told me that he was it. Oh, yeah, a friend said um, he was listening to the cricket. He's a famous cricket in... Like a commentator and a co-commentator, and the co-comment the commentator asked the co-commentator says, um, "He says, why are there three Englishmen lining up in England's first eleven at the cricket?" And the guy replies, "Because they couldn't find another eight. <laughs> it's like, I want that. By the way, this bloke, this little bloke walked past with a South African accent the other day. At, I was at Franklin's Gardens with Durders, and he stopped and said hello, and he had a pint. How you doing? Yeah, a bit hungover, but hair of the dog. And enjoy your day, guys. And he stopped to say hi to Durders. Like, see you, mate." I said, he looks familiar. He said, that's Alan Lamb. Lammy. Bloody Lemmy. Bloody Lemmy. Randomly, mate. And I don't know why. I th- I'm not teeing you up now for a joke. I have met him. Um, and we're Facebook friends. That is so nice. No idea why. Are you still on Facebook? Yeah. Well done. Yeah. I know why. I know why. You keep up. You love keeping in touch, don't you? No, I just like birthday reminders, mate. Yeah, that's it. Really yeah, good like that. Um, but yeah, the old uh, oh that that Chris Hemsworth is that his name? The yep. meme that went round. That's yeah, brilliant. Yeah, it's really good. Um, the but, small calf's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Those guys, fella. Those South African boys at Sale are doing the job. Well, they're in, aren't they? They're doing Jasper the job. Jasper Visa is in as well, and apparently it's really difficult to get selected for Springboks uh, when you've not played from before when you're outside of South Africa. Um, yeah, but he's broken a mould. Well, Dwayne Mueller's got injured. He's still in the uh, squad, though. I don't know. How yeah, but I think they've got to bring in a bit of cover. But still, mm. it's very good. And he's the one thing he would say is that he does struggle with the old discipline a little bit. Yep. Yeah. He's got a lot of power, but he struggles to control it. Um, Francois Stein is in. So he could do it. He's won two World Cups, and he mm. could now be the first player to win two World Cups and two Lions series. And oh, I've gone blank yeah. now. Who's the ten? Won it from in two thousand nine. Stain. Stain, Stain, yeah, amazing, isn't crazy, thirty four or something, thirty six now. Yeah, twelve years amazing. ago, nailed the uh, conversion, didn't he? From penalty from Ronagara, taken. You see, I think, fella, there. that shows you how they want to play. Yeah, well, Pollard yeah. is key. Like that was all yeah. the way through the World Cup. You know, if Jantes plays, then I'm. They're a total different team. They don't have that yeah. stability. They don't have that tactical nous. They don't have a guy. They've got a bit of a maverick there, and he can properly mess up as well. But well, he's unreliable, isn't he? Pollard and is proper yeah. operator. Yeah. Proper steady player. Puts him in positions. Kicks unbelievably well, which is massive for them, isn't it? I remember, I remember hearing, and this, this this could be absolute balls, but I remember hearing that um, one or maybe two premiership clubs offered Pollard a million quid a year. Really? And he said no, because he had a better offer in France. <laughs> Wow. You imagine turning down a million quid a year, boy, <laughs> to play rugby, to make a few tackles and kick a few goals. Yeah, the world's gone mad, mate. Oh, we were born in the wrong era, weren't we? Well, compared to the lads before us, we were born in the right era. Yeah, it always works that yeah, way. Yeah, very it? true. Very true. Uh, I read something quite interesting a few weeks ago now on why, like, is this? Long story short, it's like My you favorites. look at the. You look, well, it won't be short. You look at the women's game now and you think it's there are some pros, it's starting to turn pros, tools, amateurs and all that sort of stuff. And I read one article by 
a female player, I think, or a coach, and it was like, you know, I'm on this much, or she was on this much, and they put put me on a contract of this much, and it's like as as a player, completely understandably, all you want is as much money as you can get, but also enough money that money isn't a problem. So if you're getting paid like the lads get paid in the prem, money's not a problem, or it shouldn't be, because the average salary's 100, 120 grand, whatever. So, but the women's team are like, right, we want to be paid this much because that means I haven't got to have another job and all that sort of stuff. That's all fine, except what happens is if you start professionalism from the start point of <clears throat> we need to give the players as much as we can and we need to, the, the players want this, so let's try and give them what they want so that they'll all turn pro with us and come along with us. You're in, I think you're potentially setting yourself up for a fall because if you think like the premiership clubs alone, I know COVID is obviously is a, the pandemic knackered everyone, but hardly anyone is not losing millions of pounds as a club, right? So they're all losing loads of money. So the obvious place to pull money back, and players hate ex-players saying stuff like this. For me, it's like I read this thing and it was like, you are paying players too much. So it's all right to say, well, we need to get 50% more sponsorship. But the people who are giving you the sponsorship know what they're paying for. They can quantify it and they say, well, it's worth... It's, we're paying you 750 grand a year to be your shirt sponsor or whatever. We're not going to start giving you 1.25 million because you want to pay your players more. That's not how it works. That's your problem. We're giving you the market rate. So what it boils down to is I think they are paying players too much money. And if the women's game goes that way, they'll knacker themselves before they start and they'll become another, yet another loss-making new professional sports league or whatever it is, organisational set up. Yeah, so it's like you. you it's like when rugby came first professional, like in what is it, ninety six, yeah. ninety seven. You know, there was just stupid wages out there, but it was unsustainable. And yeah, you had, you had boys on two hundred and fifty grand a year yeah. in ninety five. All like, at Richmond. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I wonder why Ben Clark moved from yeah. Bath to Richmond. But shit, he was good. Craig but, Quinnell, Scott Quinnell, Andy Moore. Exactly it, and it's kind of like you had lads on massive cash when there was no money in the game at all. So you've Gary, Powell. like it's yeah. But, you know, it's it, it's quite an interesting one. So from the women's standpoint, I don't know the financial modelling, but it's like you'd almost start from a standpoint, what are we bringing in? How many tickets are we selling? How many yeah. jerseys are we selling? Well, How much do our TV model, rights get it? us? You, yeah, You know, you have to do a P&L, basically. What are the TV rights worth? Because yep. people talk about Premier League football being unsustainable and stuff. Well, it's more unsustainable than Premiership rugby because the numbers are bigger, but you've still got... How many in the Prem? Is it just Chiefs that make money or whatever? You've got, say you've got 10 or 11 clubs losing well, no money. Yeah, 10 or 11 clubs losing money and it's big numbers. But you're going you're to start to need base rates, aren't you, for you know an average wage for women that's sustainable um, and work back from that because uh, I, I couldn't tell you, mate, because I don't know enough about it. Millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. But you asked me over the weekend, you said have a look at uh Lone Irish versus Wasps and have a look at the Hepatuma yellow card. Yeah. Tell me what you think. Go on then. Red card. Yep. Two upright. That's exactly yep. what you're trying to get away from. Um, he did another one technique. recently. That's not even a tackle technique. And you get away with that sometimes. A lot of the time you get away with it, but you still run that risk of that if contact is made to the head, you're going off. Yep. Because that tackle is a lot easier to make really than some, uh, going low. Yep. Um, so anyone that tackles like that, that is the risk you take, and I thought he was really fortunate actually to stay on the field. I did, yeah. Tom Willis was good, wasn't he? Mm, really good. I loved him uh, seeing a little highlight of, well, not highlight, the video of him after going up and giving his brother Jack a hug. Yeah. That's proper, Dan Robson that's did proper it as well. brother, brotherly love. Lovely I did that, see that bit. Uh, but never thought Wasps were going to come back from half time. But then, that's such a London Irish thing to do, though, isn't it? Play really well and lose it right to death. Yeah, it really is. Mm. It really is. They play Bristol in the final round and Bristol could put out a second team because they've got a home semi guaranteed. In fact, you'd expect them to. London Irish could go down there and do them or they could lose a game they should have won. Yeah, and (laughs) if a team was going to do that and have such a lead and play so well and lose it in the second half, it was going to be Irish. They're not a poor team though. That's the big thing. You know, they just... Mm -hmm lapse concentration you know they cannot put an 80 minute performance together they can go 60 and but after that you know they leak so many tries which again i don't mind because a lot of teams have that philosophy of right we're going to leak tries but we're just going to score more than you and like teams do do that quins yeah. do it x to do it wasps, wasps to a certain extent do it um but London irish at the moment the wrong side of that you know leaking more than a score and mm-hmm. so uh I feel sorry for him in a way, but there's no relegation this year. So, you know, at least they've got the comfort of being able to build for next year. I do like Rona in the centre. I do like Hassan Really Collins. good, isn't he? He's yeah. Really good as well. Um, and you know, when you look at Wasps as well, I think Jacob Mubanga is constantly improving. Mm. You know, from when you look at a year ago to where he is now, I see a massive difference in just his control, his decision-making. Uh, more often than not now he's probably making the right decisions real threat ball in hand Um, Josh Bassett always good every time Marcus Watson 
a little bit selfish, but made up for it with some great hands, catching that ball low, going over in yeah. the corner. Yeah. Um, lovely break, though. But yeah. He did, his, he did butcher it, El Bushero. He did. Nice runner. What a lovely runner, Wowzers. Yeah. Um, any other games that really stood out? Um, uh, good question, Tom. Northampton, Exeter. What? That was a hell of a game. It was yeah, a weird one because David Ribbons, which this is proper shocker, he's got a, he got a red card in 14 minutes and was a red I card. reckon he will get a six-week ban reduced to three potentially and I think he will miss the two England tests in the summer because, or at least one of them. I think no, probably miss both. He'll miss round 22 of the Prem and the two England tests, I think, and I reckon he would definitely have been capped this summer, which is, he knew as well he was broken. I felt so sorry for him because he's such a good player. Mm. Like, Oh man, he's so good. He's a form lock in the league. Um, yep, really good player, man. But it was weird. Like first half, so they lose, they lose him, and they just Dan Bigger was on another level, mate. It's the best game he's played for Saints. In fact, Isn't the it? best I've seen him play. He was so good, mate. Mm. He was so good. He tore Chiefs apart, and it's horrific, mate. Sometimes because you see someone like Dan Bigger leaving Wales, and you don't want him to because you want him to stay at the Ospreys. You want yep. him to improve. You know the rainbow, their pro fourteen, pro sixteen, yep. whatever it's going to be called, because he will, because he's a good player. But then you see him move across to Northampton, and you see him playing the best rugby of his life, and you're thinking, ah, oh. yeah, yeah, it's a nightmare because we want him in Wales, but personal development, good for Wales, good for the Lions. Yeah, made the right it's choice. worked for him, isn't it? Yeah, and I, the more I look at it, right, tell me if you think I'm talking rubbish. Good fly offs, right? You need a you need the nice touches and all that. The more I watch, I think the more they need to be brave. The best fly halves are just the bravest ones. And that is partly physically. So will you go hard at the line? Yeah. Will you hit people hard when they come at you? Yeah. So well. are you brave in the contact? And then also are you brave enough to have proper courage in your convictions mm. and not speculate when you got the ball? Because Marcus Smith just goes for it. Yeah. Dan Bigger just goes for it. And if you run into them, all right, Marcus Smith isn't going to batter anyone, but he's brave. And Dan Bigger is so brave. And I think to myself, like, that is what separates them from other guys running around in pro rugby who were kind of talented from the age of 15 and kind of got through it and are still earning a decent wage. And they'll they'll leave and no one else will really remember them. Same at 15, mate. It's the same yeah. at 15. You have to yeah. be brave to make those last-ditch tackles, to, to take the ball under pressure knowing that hit is going to come. Um, and the best 15s that we've seen are the bravest ones. And I agree. Same with 10. Um, there was part at the end of the game where uh, Nairavoro, he's carrying hard. I can't, It might be a tap penalty or it might just be phase play. But there's a moment where just Kirsten comes out the line and absolutely flies into him, stops him yeah. dead. Yeah. Like, that's probably... That's I, think they call, I think they call him and Vermeulen, Jack Vermeulen, the Bang Brothers or the Bash yeah. Brothers. The Bash Brothers, I think. So they just twat people. That is brave because you know Nairavaro is going to carry with power, a lot more power than a forward would carry I do, with. I do think to myself sometimes, though, he is a proper giant, Nairavaro. Like, he's as big as Nadolo. He, why and does I he do, do sometimes wonder, why doesn't he run as hard mm. as Tim Arna Harrison? Why yeah. doesn't he run as hard as Mikey Hayward? In that team, and he, he doesn't run as hard as Rory Hutchinson. I'm convinced he doesn't. Maybe he's one of those guys, a bit like Guska, who is moving faster than he looked like he was moving. I don't know, but I do sometimes think, if God, if you had the right attitude, yeah. I'm sure he has. But if you had a, a killer, if you had a killer edge, oh my God! But I sometimes think he goes fitness. You know, Good goes down goes down too easy. I sometimes think big man hard to get fit, 
hard to stay fit for for long periods. Yeah, I mean he is. Yeah, and you can, it's easy to say, well, lose a bit of weight then. But actually, if you are naturally huge, it is very difficult to natu- to not be huge. Then if you start changing your body shape, you will get injured. You mm-hmm. know, we we've seen it with guys who are desperate to get weight off, and guys who are desperate to get weight on their whole careers. It doesn't always, but it can result in getting hurt quite a lot. You know, Courtney Laws was good, mate. The breakdown. Wow, yeah, yeah. Some yeah. of his hits too. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people might have been saying, you know, why is this? How's this guy in the Lions? Hasn't played much. There we are. Does it all? As Victor yeah. Matfield said, he's the complete lock. He's yeah. so he's such oh, a good player. Played back row at the weekend. I know, I know. Victor Matt, but Victor Matfield said that, so it's true. It's, it's but, crazy. Like we, I saw an interview from Courtney Laws, and he's saying, you know, when you play second row, and um, you know, you get a jackal or big carry, then people are like saying, "Wow, that's that's amazing!" And, you know, second row does that. It's, when he does the same thing in back row, it sort of just goes under the radar. There's yeah. a lot more expectation for him in the back row to do these things. Whilst if you play second row, they don't expect too much. You know, you catch your lineouts, you hit rucks, you push hard in the scrum, and anything else is a bit of a bonus, which is strange, yeah. really. What? But Courtney Laws, my my favourite Courtney Laws stat, which I've told you five times, is that he's only ever been done for a high tackle once in his whole career, mm. which was on his Saints debut. Um, now, also in that game, it was interesting. So they. Saints battered them in the first half, even though they were a man down after 40 minutes, battered them, battered them at the breakdown. Second half, I don't know if it was planned, if it was just because they were tired or if they planned it because they thought they were going to get tired. 14 men in the sun. They just stopped competing at the breakdown for loads of that second half. Mm. And it gave Chiefs so much ball. It's like, well, what do you expect is going to happen? Yeah. I was, I was thinking, pile in, lads. You were doing a job. In the first half, Exeter couldn't go anywhere. Couldn't keep yeah. the ball for three or four phases before turnover or forced mistake. Yeah. I agree, but it's difficult, isn't it, to keep that intensity up for such a long period when you're down to 14 men as well. But yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm covering this weekend, mate. Scarlet's Edinburgh, last game of the Rainbow Cup. Nothing on it. <sighs> Nothing on it. Oh um, no. I probably. I'm not going to do any prep, mate. I'm just going to wing it. <laughs> I'm, as if you couldn't. You I'm, couldn't not do any prep. You couldn't do it. I might look at the teams. Yeah. But we got that weird one this weekend where it's round 22, every game kicks off at three o'clock. So you've got to decide what's got the most riding on it. And Well, the top four are already gonna... decided, aren't they? They're done, yeah, but there's home semis to be decided and no one's won an away semi in five years. Excellent so sales probably the big one though, isn't it? Because those two well, might face each other. It is, except Chiefs need one point to guarantee a home semi. So Sale will probably send a second team or possibly send a second team, which ruins it a bit. But you've got Wasp Leicester, um, and that could mm. knacker someone in European terms. Um, oh, mm. You know, you and know you've got Bar- Bath Saints could be a decent game. That could Bath's European qualification could hang on it. But is it Saints will be without bigger, without ribbons, and Bath will look. Bath, it's Bath's only game in front of fans. So you'd imagine they'll put a big one on and. I don't know. I, I think probably the Rico is probably got the most hanging on it. All right. Well, we'll see, boy. Yeah. And then do I'm doing the um, first leg of the championship final playoff on Sunday oh, on company. your channel. Yeah. Premier Sport. Yeah. Uh, what time is that? About four, isn't it? Well, I might watch it after. After mine. Come along. Send me some yeah. feedback. Watch yeah. mine first, though. All right, and then watch Flats. All, then... all positive feedback. Welcome. Yeah. yeah. And then we'll work out. Who was the best after? Um, playing golf on Thursday. Can't wait. A few beers after. Oh wow! Well, I'm. If a few is, 
12. 11. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Christ. You bloody, bloody bonkers. Um, You'll be off all right, mate. Well, I think that will do. All right, lads. Um, keep going, yeah. How many we got? Three or four pods left. Uh, I keep saying this. I probably should say it at the start before people zone out and turn off. But review us, will you? Give us some feedback. Let us know what you like, what you dislike. They've They've all gone. All right. Well, anyway, you say goodbye, mate, because you're the best at it. Hey, thanks for joining us, guys. And uh, hey, if you want to leave a review, do. If you don't, that's fine by us. We'll see you next week. From me, David, and from him, Tom, it's goodbye. If that was your radio voice, mate, I'd, I would have You'd be turned in, over. You? I'd turn over. Oh. Mate. It's too f- smashy and nicey. All right, keep your, eye, keep your ears open that's and eyes open for some fake laughs on the telly this week, mate. All right, because they're breaking me a bit at the moment. See you later. Cheers, boy. 